0: The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. I can whistle. You know why? I got my braces off, yay. Oh man, I have never blushed more times in the last week and a half than I have since I got these off because I feel so weird trying to smile without braces. And I was talking to somebody in the lobby earlier and I think my teeth are huge because the braces came out. Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah, two of us, okay, anyway. But um, I don't know, I'm still getting used to smiling without braces, uh, but uh, here we are. And I'm so glad. We're in a series called Love Where You Live. And today uh, we're gonna be in James chapter two. Um, I know I say this a lot, but um, if you own a Bible, I want to challenge you to bring it on Sundays. And I know that for a lot of people, you go, well, I have a Bible app and I use mine uh, basically daily uh, as well. But for some, especially if you're relatively new to faith, the reason I say bring a Bible, and if you don't have one, we want to get you one. So you can let us know that, by the way, Uh, send an email info at grove.church or at the hub today, let us know, we'll get you a Bible. The reason I say it is because I think for some, it's important to get to know where certain things are at in the Bible. Like, like, When I say we're going to be in James 2, if you're not familiar, you're like, I don't even know where that's at. And you're kind of sifting through the whole thing. But I think as you bring your Bible and get used to where things are at and get familiar with the pages and what's there, um, it's a helpful thing for you. So just an encouragement to you. Um, Like I said, today, we're in love where you live. We've been in this series for a little bit now. And in this series, we basically talked about and we opened up in an intro with reframing our perspective in a lot of ways. Uh, in the place that we live, especially if we're in the Pacific Northwest, I know there's some online that join us from other places, but there's a lot of people that go, man, I can't wait to move, I'm tired of, and you can fill in the blank with all kinds of things from weather to you know, affordability to all kinds of stuff. And so there's people that move and that's fine, I get that. But for those of us that are here, instead of looking at this place as glass half empty, why not look at it as glass half full? What a great opportunity to shine light. How do I be a part of moving kingdom forward and helping people see Jesus through the life I live, whether it be where I live in my neighborhood or in my workplace or whatever that is. And so we talked about reframing. And then Jesse did a great job of talking about in love where you live, the next generation. He's our young adult, youth and young adult pastor. And again, he did a great job that, that forever, probably in the history of the world, we've been concerned about like the next generation, like, oh, those young people, they're this or that. we kind of complain. And gripe, and yet instead of complaining and griping, what if you and I spoke words of life? What if you and I believed the next generation has a great future? What if you and I, uh, you know, built those bridges towards them? And so I appreciated that message. And then we talked about how in part three that you and I—it's easy where we live to just kind of exist, and we just kind of go through life, and we make money, and we rent, or we buy, or you know, buy, buy a house and get a car, have kids, grow up, and kind of live. But instead of living like a local, what if we were mindful like missionaries? And so to look through the lens of what does it mean to shine light? What does it mean to live intentionally? And I actually offered a prayer at the end of that message that I challenge you to pray as a daily thing as you're getting up and going about your day. God, would you guide me? Would you show me opportunity that you have for me throughout the day? And we talked about that. And then Evan, I thought did a great job last week of using the story of Jonah. And maybe you didn't know this, but if you've ever read the story of Jonah in scripture, he's a prophet that God sends. But the problem is he's a racist. He, there's this whole group of people that he's like written off. And he's like, I don't wanna go to those people and, and you know, tell them to repent. No, it wasn't that he was afraid for his life. While that may have been some of it, he actually was afraid that God would grant mercy to people he didn't like. And, and honestly, like in the same way for you and I, how easy is it for people that don't agree with us, for those that have certain agendas that, that we feel frustrated about or don't, don't appreciate, that we kind of write them off or we, we kind of you know, look through a different lens and we need to not do that. And what does it look like, the question from last week, what does it look like for you and I to build bridges towards others that disagree rather than constantly be burning those bridges? And so he did a great job. If you ever um, miss messages, you can always go online and check those out. Today is very practical as we look at James chapter two. And let me give you the, the, the background of James because we look at this as the book of James in the Bible, but James was actually the half-brother of Jesus. And so uh, when Jesus was on the earth and doing what he was doing before he went to the cross and stuff, um, he didn't believe that, that his brother was the Messiah. James didn't believe that. But later on, he realized that, wow, like my, my half-brother, like he actually was the Messiah. And not only did he believe in, in his brother as the Savior and given his life to him, but he led the church in Jerusalem. Well, during persecution, he writes a letter to the church, which is why when you open his letter, it says to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Because they had experienced such persecution that they had kind of spread out all over the place. And James had such a heart for the church that he's like, man, I'm going to write you a letter. And there's all kinds of different topics. In James chapter 2, starting in verse 14, um, there's a certain topic that we're going to land on here. So I'm going to start reading. And it starts with this. It says, "What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them?" Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, "Go and keep warm, be well fed," but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, "You show me." Or some will say, "You have faith. I have deeds." Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith with deeds. You believe there is one God? Good, even demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Jesus, today as we pray, uh, we invite you, your Holy Spirit, to really come alongside the, the living scripture, the word James, what he penned here, and help us to navigate this in our own hearts, that there's a certain tension, I hope, that we all feel as we go through this, considering how our faith impacts how we live. Wake us up, bring us, even for some, bring us to places of repentance, God, asking for your grace and forgiveness. Thank you that you offer that, and challenge us to be what you've asked us to be, if indeed we say that we're followers of Jesus, which many of us, God, do. I pray you would open our hearts in a new way today. In Jesus' name, amen. James says, what good is it to have faith but not deeds? And he says, can such a faith save them? Suppose, and he gives an example, suppose a brother or sister um, is without clothes and daily food, and one of you says to them, hey, good to see you, be warm and well-fed, have a great day, but does nothing about their needs. Is that any good, is what he says. He begins the section with a rhetorical question. The first question, he's not demanding an answer. He's hoping the answer is obvious. If you claim to have faith but not deeds, what good is it? And the point would be, in a rhetorical question, it wouldn't be any good. It doesn't mean anything. He says, can that faith save them? And the reason he's saying this is because there's something tied to our faith that matters to a great degree, now, the, the, the challenge here is, he says, in other words, it's it's no good to have faith that doesn't change our actions. And, and yet, for you and I, if you know scripture at all, you've been a part of the kingdom of Jesus for any length of time, the tension is this: Aren't I saved by faith alone? Aren't I forgiven of my sins and I get to enjoy my ticket to heaven because I invited Jesus to be the Lord of my life? And the answer would be yes, because some of you might even go, yeah. Go to Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so we read that and go, it's by faith alone. It's not by works. And yet you would be remiss to stop there because the very next verse says you and I are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So wait a minute. Is Paul contradicting what James is saying? And the answer is no. We are saved by faith alone. But his point is this. If we say we have faith in Jesus, it ought to change how we live. Okay, it goes back to, follow me, it goes back to what Jesus said in John chapter 15. Anybody recognize these words? I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will bear fruit, proving that you are my disciples. And he goes on in this long paragraph in John 15 to say, if you remain in me, if you've given your life to faith in Jesus and believe in the work of God in your life, then it will change how you live. Anybody out there married, just raise your hand if you're married, okay? I'm a married man. I've been married almost 23 years next month, okay? (laughs) Love it, it's great. Thanks for the golf clap. Anyway, um, okay, 23 years. But if I, and I got married right here in this room 23 years ago, if I stood up here and said, better or worse, richer, poor, forsaken, all oh, there's a sickness in hell, uh, I, I pledge you my faith. And then the next week, I'm like swiping through Tinder and I'm calling people and going, hey, what are you doing tonight? You wanna to go out on a date with me? How many of you would go, something's wrong. I, I hope you, you're like, I don't know, I don't know. No, it's not. Listen, I I know it sounds silly, but in the world that we live in, there are all kinds of contexts for marriage. If you want to understand what marriage is meant to be, it's one man and one woman in it together for life. That's what was intended. And, And that's at the core where I'm at. I'm married. I'm not entertaining other relationships. Listen to me. In the same way, when we invite Jesus into our world, God, forgive me of my sin. I believe that what you did on the cross was that I could be saved. It's not about my works and all that I do, but also when I acknowledge what Jesus has done, it transforms how I live. I can go from holding on to bitterness to walking out graciousness. I can go from stealing from my employer to having a conviction and going, I'm not gonna do that, that's not okay. I can go from from writing people off and being impatient to extending his mercy to others. There's all kinds of examples of the way our faith changes how we live. And that's James' point. If you claim to have faith, it will show by your deeds. And Jesus says in John 15, if you remain in me, you will bear fruit. It's the same conversation. And so he goes on to say this. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. How many of you guys know what dead is? How many of you guys know what alive is? Okay, so like seven of us. So far, so good, I guess. How many of you guys know you, you can be almost dead you can be barely alive. But when you're dead, you're dead. You can be barely alive, but you can't be barely dead. That's the way I was supposed to say it. it just didn't come up. Right. James says, if, if our faith doesn't play out in our actions, it's dead. And I know that can seem so harsh, but in context of what James was saying to the church, he cared desperately about Remember, in persecution, they ended up being spread all over the place. And he cared desperately that, look, we were a church and we gathered and now we're not allowed to gather. And so when you're out there doing what you're doing and and we can't do what we're doing, I want you to shine light. I want you to be grace. I want it to change how you live wherever you ended up. And, And that was the context of what James was writing to. And in the same way for you and I, it's not just showing up on a Sunday and checking the spiritual box and leaving here feeling good. I say it all the time. Some of you are so tired of me saying it, but what if we got it? What if our heads were wrapped around it and we went, wow, how does what I experience today in worship, how does what I'm challenged by today in scripture change how I live tomorrow? What does it do for the neighbors that live next door to me? What does it do for the people that I work with? What does it do to the person at Safeway I'm walking by my cart with? How does it change those around me? And the question would be, it all depends on how you look at your faith and the light you're called to shine every day. But someone will say, well, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. And then verse 19, you believe that there is one God? Good. even demons believe that and tremble or shudder. You, You realize that throughout history, a very high, and it's true today, a very high percentage of people believe in something out there. Believe in something, that you could hear titles like a higher power or the great spirit, or, or if people say Allah, we, Yahweh. There's different words that people give to, to some sort of higher power. And, and, and James' point would be there are all kinds of people that believe in some sort of higher power. But for you and I that believe in Jesus, believe in God's love in Christ, it's that love that should change how we live. Otherwise, You could say, and I've heard it this way, we have a demon faith. Well, there's something out there and that's great, but it doesn't change anything. In verse 20, he gets right down to it and he's not pulling any punches. He says, you foolish person. Do do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? And now he's gonna give an example and there's a phrase that's repeated three times within a few verses. Listen to this. He says, was not our father Abraham considered righteous by what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Three times within those verses, when he's giving an example of Abraham, he says, by what he did. By what he did. By what people do. In other words, our profession, our confession, like baptism, when people stand up and publicly declare I give my life to Jesus. I wanna be baptized symbolically laying my life down in, in the waters and coming up symbolically new in Christ. And we just celebrated a couple of weeks ago, uh, 16 people on a patio that got baptized. And I love that, but I would challenge every one of them just like I would challenge you. If you want your faith to become complete, then guess what? There ought to be actions that come through it. There ought to be actions that display what your faith means to you. It's not complete by simply believing. Because, listen, if we believe what we say that we believe, then part of understanding, and this is why we talk about you and I being regular readers of Scripture, and I would challenge us daily readers of Scripture, that that the gospel writers said this, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's an example for you and me, not to be a savior to people, but to serve and have the heart of Jesus for people. And so when we gather in places like this, which is absolutely central to our faith, and we believe it's great to gather and be sharpened and encouraged, but the idea is how are we built up here that we can, that we can be the church out there? That's the epitome of it. How are we built up and challenged here that we can be the church out there? And I could give example after example if I had the time of of what John says in 1 John, another disciple. If you say you love God but don't love people, something's wrong. And over and over we hear this idea and, and James is saying it. Our faith ought to be displayed by how we act. That's why for you and I at the Grove Church, if this is your church family, this is where you call home, I wanna challenge you. This is why iHeart is such a big deal. We take this summer, four days, this coming Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we partner with all kinds of groups in our community and we take on projects to improve the different places that we can from Tulalip to Arlington, Marysville, Lake Stevens, and Everett, all over the place. And it comes back to why do we do this? Because our, at, the, at the core, what we say is this, love God, connect with each other, serve all. You've heard this before. Love, connect, serve. We haven't rewritten it. We believe wholeheartedly. And when we say it, let me just explain it real quick. When we say love God, we believe wholeheartedly there's a God who cares so much about you and me, so much so that he went to the cross to pay the price for our sin, for all the mistakes we've made, that we can't earn our way out of it. But we invite God's grace into our world. Jesus, I believe in what you've done. Forgive me of my sin. I want that fresh start with you. God, that's where I'm at. And that's loving God back. Loving God is gathering in worship and surrender today. Loving God is being challenged by the word here, challenged by your reading plan, challenged by you digesting the scriptures, eating and chewing on them, thinking about them. Love God. We say connect with each other. And while summer is always a bit of an anomaly because we kind of take a pause on certain ways to be connected, but there's classes that we offer um, throughout the week that we do both online and in person, but there's also life groups that we do. And and we want people desperately to get connected, build bridges with others. Because you may come in and go, love the experience, that was great, that was fun. But there's a point in time where you need to get connected, or you're like, I'm just gonna kind of go somewhere else. And I get it. We want you to get connected. I was having a conversation with a pastor friend of mine last week from Kitsap and, and we, I was just kind of seeing what he's doing over there and they have a, a Thursday night gathering that they do and it was great to be a part of that. But uh, when we were talking over dinner, one of the things we talked about, he said, like, so tell me about how you doing, what's going on there? And I said, one of the things that we really believe is that we want people for as, as short a time as possible to be on the outside looking in. We don't want people to feel like outsiders because this is a church family and, and that's not gonna change. That's who we're called to be But what it means is for you and I being connected to one another. My hope would be, especially as we move towards fall and you hear about some of those connection points that you build bridges with others by being connected, that you show up on any given Sunday and you you know people, you get to know others rather than kind of coming in and, and you don't really know people. We want you to get connected. I know it sounds cliche, but it's doing life together. There are groups in here that while groups ended like a month ago, there are some that are still meeting. Shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's good. I'm just joking. No, it's good. There, they do barbecues. I love hearing how life groups will call each other and go, hey, I got this job thing. Could you pray for me? I'm interviewing. I don't know how, to, how it's gonna go. And they, they're sharing each other's burdens. There are life groups that vacation together. Now, some of you guys go, that's too much. I get it. You don't have to do that. You can always say no to vacations together. By the way, if you want a chaplain on your vacation, let me know. God bless you. I'll be there. He's taking an offering and all. No, I'm just joking. That was so bad. Can we delete that part online? Don't listen to that part. Anyway. Um, but I, I love hearing about how people are connected to one another because invariably they come on a Sunday and they, they, Hey, what, what gathering are you going to? Hey, I'll meet you in the lobby. There's people right now sitting together with people that are in life groups right now in this room. I love that because we want people to build bridges and the connection, but it doesn't end with that. Otherwise all we would be is consumers, love God, connect, love God, connect, no, no, serve all. And we batted back and forth years ago. Do we mean serve all or serve people or serve all? Serve all, because there are all kinds of ways. And this is what Evan's point last week was. How are we building bridges into other groups? We care about these partnerships. We wanna serve that people can see God's love through our hearts, through our attitudes. When we talk about love your city, this is at the core what we believe wholeheartedly, Serve. And so that's why we would do iHeart. And just as, as a definition, because I know there's actually a few staff people that haven't done iHeart yet. Because through a pandemic, we're like, time out. But, but here we are, and, and I love how what we're gonna do, we, we partner with different groups, parks and Rec, city government schools, um, uh, St. Joseph's House, um, the, the tribes, Tilly Up Tribes, um, Everett Gospel, a bunch of different groups. And we say, hey, what can we do to partner? What can we do to work together? And so we get to do that, and I love how it's like, man, we'll be spreading, and I know some of you guys are familiar, spreading mulch in different places, putting out wood chips, power washing and repainting different equipment. Uh, my project is at Pilchuck, the whole stadium. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> how much faith do you think I have, guys? Because this is, you know, so. Um, but, but we're taking on all these different projects because we want God's love to be known by how we serve and love. That's what we want to do. And so for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this week, it's happening. And for some of you guys, I don't know that I could do power washing, I don't painting and spreading mold. That's, that's like hard labor kind of stuff. And, and it's challenging and it's great for a lot of us that can do it. We actually have a portion of it that we call I Heart Light. And what it literally is, is for some people that maybe physically you can't take on big projects like that, you could take on some simple stuff. And we have a team that will be doing some things that are pretty simple. So it's for everybody, for, for kids as well. We actually have block parties happening um, in our community. Two different parties that we throw, and Chick-fil-A is donating all the lunch. And by the way, now you're like, I wanna be on that site. Nope, too late. <laughs> too, no, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. No, um, but, but honestly, again, like, which by the way, Chick-fil-A, they're donating all the lunch for, for, for those block parties. It's awesome. Anybody go to Hops and Drops on Tuesday night? I was there. I was kind of mingling around, hanging out. Uh, I saw some of you guys. They partner with us and what they did was said, hey, we wanna to put together an auction and we're gonna donate 20% of the proceeds on Tuesday. Do you know that they gave us over $1,600 this week? <laughs> to go, here, make it happen. I love that. The same day, I was up in the office we were doing whatever I was doing and there's uh, Teresa, who's our outreach coordinator, doing a great job, um, has the, the, the new owners of Grocery Outlet coming down the hallway introducing us. They go, hey, we wanna partner. Hey, well, we, That's awesome. Same day that happened. I, it's, it's just amazing. Again, we value these partners because we're not the end all. We partner with these groups. Rotary made a donation. Different groups are making, we're all in this together. We actually have had groups go, hey, I don't go to the Grove, can I sign up to help? We're like, nope. No, I'm just kidding. No, we and I'm like, no way. No, we, we're like, absolutely, go to grove.church, sign up. Why do we do it? Let me just give you a quick list. I'm gonna go through this relatively quickly. Why would we do this? First of all, I love the, the um, team building that happens through iHeart. And it's so fun afterwards to see people that never even knew each other on any given Sunday They'll pass each other, come in and out of gatherings and all of a sudden, hey man, how's it going? And they know each other. And some got in groups together and do life together also. But but, um, the team building, the relationships that are built are better. I will say too, like another one, sacrifice changes us. If you've ever sacrificed anything and done it with a heart of humility, it's amazing how we receive more than we give. And I'm not talking like receive money or whatever stuff. I'm literally saying, and I've said this before, when I train on missions, which we have a team coming up in March, heading to Pedernales, and I'm excited to do some team meetings together. Part of the training that we do is the secret of service is this. For some reason, when you, when you give of yourself like that, you receive far more. There's something about what God does to bless us in certain peace and strength, encouragement when we're willing to give of ourselves. And it's crazy how it works because we don't intend to receive when we do that. But it's amazing because that's exactly what happens when we do it with hearts of humility. Another one, it's a tangible expression of Christ's love and light, which is what we're called to be. I said before, like, I'm all about, hey, let's gather and encourage each other but with the intent of being light wherever we go. And this week is very much that. Another one. Honestly, the practical is this. It improves parks and schools in different places that we care about where families and students go. Hopefully, they sense that somebody cares because we go out and do these things. We want those places to be improved because we believe wholeheartedly in being part of the community, not just the church that's in the four walls of the building. I mentioned before, it strengthens partnerships with other groups, and again, intentionally, it forces us outside of what happens right here, right now, and those are good things. So, so when I think about our heart, we dream about what's happening, the whole picture is this, it provides hope. It provides light. It provides God's grace in people's hearts when we're out there. And by the way, I love hearing every year when there's different groups out in different places, somebody invariably will walk up and they're walking and I'll go, what are you guys doing? And I go, oh man, we're just just working on some mulch here. We're just doing painting or whatever. Well, why are you guys doing it? Open door to conversation. It opens the door to incredible conversations. And we've had those every single year with multiple people that are around. We've had different, different staffs at different schools go, why would you do this? And they come here and go, well, that's what this is about. And it's, it's amazing what happens. And you're gonna hear in the coming weeks about those stories. They're gonna happen. It, every single year we've done this, it's, bam, you guys were just out there and you were doing this. I just, it was such a great conversation. And we get to share the why. And we get to share about who Christ is and why it matters to us. And there are times where it's cool to get to pray with people sometimes and, and even share the gospel with individuals because it's Jesus thing, like one of those Jesus people, yeah. Because we believe he cares so much that he paid the price for us. Why wouldn't you want that? And there's great conversations that come out of it. Hope, light, transformation. Let me say this to close. Did you know that when you love something well, it has the ability to become what it's meant to become? I mentioned being married. I do my best to love my wife with all that I am because I want her to be able to flourish, not feel insecure. And that's how that works, which there's a little note for marriage for you. Write that down. But it works too, like with my kids. I wanna love my kids so well. Show up at their games, go out and play in the yard, fix their bike tires and go on bike rides and walks, all that, spend time. I wanna love them well, why? So that they can feel secure, so they become all they can become. But the same is true for our community. I'm just telling you right now, if you're a follower of Christ, we don't just live here. We don't just exist, and we want to buy a house eventually. Now we got equity in a house, and we bought a car. We put up the fence. We have a dog. We got kids, and we raise. We got the nest egg. We retire. We move, I and mean, that's that. We're here on purpose. And you can go, "Well, I just live kind of where I live because that's where I live." No, 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 no. You're there intentionally for the season that you work, where you work. You're there intentionally the places that you shop, the little league you signed your kid up for, the things that you do that just, I'm just kind of doing that because I'm going in my mind. No, no, no. Think of it as I'm there intentionally. What bridges can I build? What does it look like for me to love where I live here, in this context, with that situation, in this family I'm in? I'm passionate about this series because I'm not writing off our communities. I'm not just existing. And I wanna challenge us all to look through the lens of what does it look like for us to love where we live? And so as I end today, honestly, here's what I'm asking. If you haven't signed up for iHeart, and I know immediately you go, I don't know, there's not a lot of time. It's in a couple of days. I get it. But if you know that you could take a half a day or maybe a whole day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, I wanna challenge you to sign up today we're not just playing church. And if you go, man, I work all week, it just is what it is. That's part of why we do Saturday because I understand people have weekday work schedules come Saturday. And if you go, well, I can only come for a couple of hours. Come for a couple of hours. Experience something. Because as you take that step of faith and get involved somehow, honestly, I believe God will do something in your heart. And even working with people for a couple of hours will build bridges into their lives. And, and if you know I could get a personal day, probably. I could talk to my boss and say, hey, I'd like to do this. Is that okay if I take Wednesday or if I take whatever day? If you can do that, I wanna challenge you to do that. If you can't, I totally get it. But if you can, as you leave here today and you walk out in the lobby, as you exit towards your left, so we're all facing that way, towards your left, there's the hub. It's our little information booth. And I wanna challenge you to sign up right now. And if it's just a little window of time, it's fine. But I wanna challenge all of us to be a part. And the other thing I would ask is, can we pray like crazy? Can we pray daily? God, would you bless our efforts? God, would you, would you open doors as we go out and serve? God, would you protect our teams and nobody gets hurt and there's no bee and stuff that happens? Would you just do that, Lord? But more than just protect, would you help us shine that light, God? Would you build bridges as we work on this park into the community that's right around there? God, would you help that that, that grace shine through us as we we go out and do what we're gonna do? We want people to see your love, not just by coming on a Sunday, that's great, but by going out and expressing that love in the ways that we're able to serve all over the place. Would you pray and make it a point? Write it down. If you got a little prayer list, I keep a little prayer list. list. Just praying all the time. God, bless our heart. Father, today, I pray that we can understand that if we say we have faith, the natural outflow of receiving that grace from you is that we extend it into the lives of others. I pray that would be our conviction, not just for iHeart. That would be our conviction all the time. But Father, in particular, we pray for this week. Yes, for your blessing. Yes, for your guidance. Yes, for open doors. Yes, for opportunity to share your light with people. Yes, to be able to pray on site sometimes with certain people that are there. God, we pray that this would have that kind of effect that we believe not just in existing in a community, not just being in a building at 4705, but that we are the church. And that God, we want to shine your light wherever we go. Thank you for your thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your conviction in us that changes. I believe in Jesus to how does believing in Jesus change how I live all over. Bless what we do. Go before us that this would be very much about you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church message podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.